Hello and welcome to the RylaCast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla, Rotary District 5810. My name is Greg Tupper. My co-host is the man they call Josie, Andrew Utz. No, it's not. Who's not here? No, it's not. Uh, if you listen, if you listen to the end, this is like a real heat check on like who listened to the end of the last podcast. Um, if you listen to the end of the last podcast, you know that we are forcing Josie into paternity leave. That's the only way to put it. The only like honest way to put it, uh, as uh, he and Joni uh, are awaiting the birth of their second child. Uh, hope everything's going great. Sounds last time I talked with Josie, everything was going great. So here's to everything continuing to go great. But we, I'm not doing this show by myself. That's no, nobody wants that. And so we've gone to the bullpen and we are pleased to be joined by our guest co-host for the evening, Becca Egger. Hi, Becca. Hey, I feel like you were trying to think of a joke name there for a second, but then you just no. went with my actual name. Uh, I mean, I could have thought of a joke name because I have I think I've had you booked for this thing for two weeks and I didn't think of it in the two weeks leading up to this moment. So might as well let that pitch pass. Like um it. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. I'm super psyched to be here. This is your, I believe this is a, you now rank third on the list of most appearances on the RylaCast. My my goal in life is always to be third on the list. So I'm thrilled. <laughs> you've been, you're, you've, you're a two-time guest and now a one-time host. This is like, this we're, is gonna, pretty good. we're gonna get you a letter jacket. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I like that feels that. like that, like a Ryla letter jacket would be really appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. And a group of high achievers. Let's make it permanent invisible. Nothing unhealthy <laughs> could happen no. here. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Not a single thing. Not a single Not thing. A one. Um, this is the Ryla cast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla at Rotary District 5810. We do thank you for spending part of your day with us. Coming up here in just a little bit, we are going to be joined by a guest that, and I'm just, as you know, on this podcast, there's just no secrets about the production. Uh, a guest that Becca Egger booked. We're going to be joined by Adam Waddell. I'm so excited. This is a really big get for our podcast. So thank you for, for real, bringing though. some star power. For real. Like he is probably pulling 70, at least 70 hour work weeks right now. And he rearranged one thing, asked for one negotiation and we got him. Yeah. It, which feels like we got off easy on this one. Yeah. So. It was a huge win. We will be joined by Adam Waddell coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, an update before we get into the meat of this podcast, the last time we were on this podcast, we were uh, we were essentially badgering you for money for uh, in the uh, in North Texas uh, Giving Day. Uh, Ryla set a pretty aggressive goal. The Ryla Fifty Eight Ten Foundation set a pretty aggressive goal uh, of fifteen thousand dollars, I believe it was. That's what we did. And, and uh, guess what? Tell me. We got the dang thing. Got the dang thing. We got the dang I am, thing. It's really that here's where we're definitely losing having Josie here because like as someone who for years is like toted around really heavy speakers and things like mm -hmm. this, like I think that like I'm I'm really hoping he and a few others directly feel the impact of this or I don't, whatever the negative mm -hmm. of like whatever you don't feel the weight of something anymore, whatever the yeah. lessening of that is like, I want him here celebrating with this, but 
he's he's doing better things. So there are this is this type of these funds will go towards real, tangible, visible, like we'll be able to point to them. Yes. Type improvements for the program, not just at camp, but year round and yes. and the stuff that we do, because I know uh, we've got stuff going on all year round. And this is this uh, your generosity and your um, willingness to help out uh, the Ryla 5810 Foundation. Uh, your your dollar will go a long way. That is a that is a Ryla cast promise. Absolutely. I think that like, honestly, under the helm specifically of Dana, I think we have a really powerful and unique cocktail of extreme frugality and extreme Mm. generosity. And those kind of operate in different columns and the frugality around finances. It's like, it's a pretty firm commitment. This is, and then the generosity and resources and in, and inclusivity and that kind of a thing. It's like, they go hand in hand. The, as, as I've gotten more and more involved in, in the Ryla program and like dug deeper and peeked behind more curtains and stuff. Um, you, what you will realize, and and I hope you, I hope people will believe me when I say this is that the people that are going to be in charge of dispersing these funds are exceptional stewards of your money. <laughs> exceptional stewards of your money. Next uh, time you see Dana, if this goes out to anybody, ask him what his, the maximum he will pay for a pizza is because it's a smaller number than you think. And it, and he knows it's a firm number. It's a like a like it doesn't adjust for inflation. Josie knows what it is. I don't remember, but I promise you, Josie and Dana both know the number. And it's like, uh, nope, call somewhere else. We can get it for cheaper. That rocks. That rocks. As somebody who would like the third date, fourth date that I had with my wife, uh, we got takeout pizza from CeCe's. Uh, yeah, respect. I, this is, <laughs> I think this is why Dana and I get along. All that is to say, thank you so much for your generosity and for making yes. North Texas Giving Day uh, such a rousing success for the Ryla 5810 Foundation. Um, and now on to the main event, because... Uh, one of the great things about having a guest host is that we kind of get to turn over the whole shebang over to our uh, esteemed guest host. And so I am so pleased to say, hey, Becca, what do you got to tell us this week? Well, I'm, I've got a question to you're, you're going to be involved. You ready? OK, I'm, I'm ready to be involved. <laughs> OK. You're very willing, despite knowing not what's going to happen next. Um, okay, what what are your favorite self care practices? Mm. Mm. Um, I like reading. I like I like um, spending like spending intentional time alone, mm. um, which is harder and harder uh, all the time, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, exercising. And then most recently I have started doing small meditations, uh, like, like 10 minutes at a time. Uh, they're not a sponsor. Although if they'd like to sponsor this podcast, Mm -hmm. we're happy to invoice you, uh, uh, the calm app, uh, I've, Mm -hmm. I've gotten into and, and they've got like the daily kind of meditation thing takes about 10 minutes and it's a a nice way of practicing self-care. So that's what I do. That's cool. Very nice. All right. I like that. I like that. I think whenever the topic comes up more like, like maybe like a, you know, like a mainstream online social media conversation, it's also going to include things like, and this may be like 
like pretty category specific, like a type of person, but bubble baths and mm-hmm. paint, you know, like getting a pedicure, a massage or like things like this. Right. So met yes. my wife, she falls so, in that category. <laughs> um, and I have always had like a, I don't know. I've always felt like that where there was something like missing there. And I've, I've come into um, a notice recently. So I want to share my notice. So, mm-hmm. okay. Whenever you, Greg, whenever you decide it's time to go for a run or you're like, mm-hmm. whatever, you're like, I'm going to read, I'm going to be by myself, whatever. What are you addressing? Why, why are you choosing to care for yourself? What are you noticing? Hmm. Um, I think the, the answer is probably that I'm just noticing stress. Maybe, uh, mm. maybe the word is imbalance. Mm. You know what I mean? Of like, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like maybe I'm tilting one, one too far to one side and focusing too much on one thing. And so I would say that that those types of things help to recenter me and to give me an opportunity to uh, um, uh, make a mental list of the things that are important and, and the things that are not to reprioritize. Let's say that. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so I heard like stress, mm-hmm. off balance, um, off balance, maybe in priorities, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, ten four. I they that resonates, or I resonate. However, that word works. Um, but so, so I'm sitting through this, and like, yes, same. And I'm like, it's kind of it feels like treating symptoms though. Sometimes, right? It's like stress mm-hmm. is like a symptom of being alive, maybe even, and like it's probably not going to go away. And it makes sense to address it. It makes sense to care for ourselves by addressing stress or addressing imbalance or whatever. Um, and at the same time, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm putting a Band-Aid on like a surgical wound that needs something, like needs a different type of care, like needs like maybe mm. even a deeper type of care. It's like, wait, this level of stress like keeps coming up and like, a pedicure isn't cutting it or like I went for a run and it helped for an hour and then I was right back in it. Right. Like sometimes mm. it's like, or maybe even often it's like, okay, am I treating the symptom or am I treating the issue? No problem with either one. There's just two different things. And so I was reading a book here recently and, um, they, the thing that I was trying to say, if I was going to say the name of the book, I'll save it for right now. I was reading the book and it was proposed that one of the greatest forms of self-care is integrity. Mm. Mm, I think for the audience, you can't see Greg has on his thinking face. So I, I cocked my head to the side. I went, mm. <laughs> <laughs> tell me more. All right. So, so the, the, what's being proposed here and that I'm, I'm, peek behind the curtain, I'm finding a lot of value here is not integrity, like the moral or ethical definition. Those are great definitions, not the definition I'm talking about here. So we're talking about, and this pertains to us as leaders, especially leaders who are consciously engaging in our leadership, um, taking great care of ourselves, using the definition of integrity, like like a bridge has structural integrity, a building has structural integrity, the chair I'm sitting on and it does what it says it will do. And so like this chair, I trust it to hold my weight and is doing what it, what it says it will do. It's doing its job. It's doing what it says it will do when I expect it to. So then taking that definition to myself, my integrity 
do I do what I say I will do when I say I will do it? Mm. And that's like, we'd say that's level one and like level two is, and then when I don't, or when I realize I'm not going to, do I own it and tell the people who need to know as soon as I realize that I'm out of integrity. And then like the third step of, and then do I clean up the mess and restore trust? Um, so like I've, I've noticed with myself, have you ever, uh, a, a really simplified version of this is like, are you a checklist person? Yes. Uh, yeah. Do you ever do I, anything? I aspire to be a checklist person every day. I'm a checklist person 60% of the time. Yeah. Do you ever do the thing where like life feels out of control? So you like maybe write down a few things you already did so you could check it off? Oh, oh, I will, I will put some, I'll put some open goals on there as well, yes. like, where it's just like, like, oh, this is a layup. Like, like I tied my shoes so good today. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, put yeah. On clothes. Check. Yeah. <laughs> so like that, that is like not exactly the same thing, but I think underscores this, this like maybe even need that we have to be like, am I like, it feels it gives me peace. It gives me trust in myself. It gives me trust in the systems I'm creating whenever I do what I said I would do. Mm-hmm. And whenever I don't, what do I have swirling over my head? You know, what, what, how, you know, whenever I know that my email inbox is overloaded and I'm committed to not having an overloaded email inbox, you have a face on again. I'm or feeling personally attacked because yeah, I'm looking or, at my email inbox. Yes. Or <laughs> I haven't returned a call or I told so and so. I told Whiteman that I would schedule an email to her for the end of the month and I didn't do it. And it was hanging over my head for about a week and a half and I finally did it. And all of a sudden I had a huge life improvement. Um, and it's, I think it's the task and it's truly is just like cleaning our, like clearing our plate and clearing our heads, but it's also building up this trust within ourselves um, for like, can I even do the things I say I will do? Um, so my proposition here for this leadership 201, maybe even 301 thought of the day is whenever we're engaging in self-care, absolutely treat the symptoms as is useful. You know, the go for a run, read a book, get a pedicure, whatever it is. And also treating the root, the root issue, check out your integrity. See if you're doing what you said. See if I'm doing what I said I would do when I said I would do it. And not necessarily worrying about doing that perfectly, but you know, honoring my word by being in the wrestle and cleaning up the mess and owning it whenever I slip up. What do you think about that? I like that uh, a lot. Um, Do you ever feel like, do you ever have like a week or a 10 day stretch or two week stretch? I mean, who knows how long it'll last of feeling like you're just in a mental fog and like Mm -hmm. you recognize you're in a mental fog. You Mm -hmm. know that you're not working at full capacity Mm -hmm. and there's like nothing you can do to shake it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you say that because recently I had I had a bout of that for about six days. Six days where head it's was just fine. kind of in the clouds. And and I recognized it and I knew it. And that stinks. That's not it's not fun to know something's wrong and being and being like, I am do not know how to fix this. But to that point, what happened what I ended up doing probably just because I needed to do it, but also um, it ended up helping. I ended up knocking about three or four things off of my list that 
I needed to do that I said I would do that I was that I felt as responsibilities and suddenly like the clouds kind of lift like the clouds mm-hmm. kind of come on out you're like oh wait a second like I'm I'm back to operating close to full capacity at that point mm-hmm. and that that's what you were saying is is really it's it's that's a good way of putting it in the sense of if I've got a headache I can take something to give to to fix my headache mm-hmm. But what if I just drank water throughout the day? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would probably have a more uh a, a more impactful result in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think would also there are a lot of other residual effects of that yeah. that would make that better. That aside yeah, from create, not having a headache. You create new symptoms for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Because symptoms don't have to be bad. Yeah. They're just, mm-hmm. they're just signs of something else. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And I love to like, just like a little bonus feature. I feel like what I just heard you say is that you were like, maybe, maybe you felt in a fog or felt like you were, uh, like pedaling your bike wheel, you know, your bike pedals backwards. <laughs> you know what I mm-hmm. like, you know, the, like I'm spinning, but like there's, it's not catching. I'm not going. And so you took ownership is what it sounds like to me. And you say, okay, like the source, like of all progress is some sort of action and no one else is doing it for me. I'm going to try something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That feels, that feels resourceful to me. This is a little bonus nugget, Tepper. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Becca. That was really good. You know, you should host more often. I'll just leave. (laughs) There's, there's, there's costs and payoff to everything. So careful. <laughs> for who? Um, uh, thank you, Becca. That was insightful and something that I'm going to be thinking about uh, on my run tomorrow morning. Yeah. There you go. Because also treat like treating the symptoms is also relevant. Mm-hmm. It's not, it, it, it can be both. It's not either or exactly right. Uh, that's Becca Egger uh, coming for both Josie and I's job here on the Rylecast. Uh, now, on to another person who may be coming for our job. I guess we'll find out together. Here's our conversation with Adam Waddell here on the Rylecast. Oh, Becca. Hey, what's up? I, ta- I tasked you with uh booking a guest for this year episode of the rylacast uh and since it's your guest do you want to introduce our guest i would love to do that okay so the the request was a home run and i decided to one up that and find a grand slam and so we have with us a let's see i'm gonna get you to nod or shake your head if i'm right or wrong a 2008 Riley Camper, um, a founding member of like the Ryla video series, I would say, and just one of my favorite people, objectively, subjectively, all the ways, Adam Waddell. Yo, what's up, man? What an intro. (laughs) That was... That was improv, guys. That was way better than what I was going to do. I was going to be like, Put here's two Adam. points on the scoreboard for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if well, I've been a founding member of anything. So that's good. I, I think, I, would you, but I, I think that's true. Do you think it's I, true? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah. yeah. Gonna... 
give yeah. myself well, it's not, John Warder deserves all the credit, but if you, I was luckily if, lucky enough to, to be a small part. If you this is going to be through, part of the story. If you dig through all of the Ryla, the camp videos of yesteryear, uh, Adam is a, is a, you're a big player. You you show Main up. You've got, you've got a you've got your your SAG card in this. Like this is you are you are you, you you're getting top billing in a lot of these. Well, I uh, it's one of my favorite things we ever did. So I'm, I was <laughs> glad to do. It. Well, let's start like we we try to do here uh, on on the the podcast, which is, uh, would you mind telling folks your Ryla story as as you would as you would tell it? Uh, yeah, 100% would love to do that. Uh, Becca already beat me to a lot of it. So (laughs) this will be just repetitive at this point. So the gist of my raw stories, I'm a famous video guy. Uh, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Camper in 2008, uh, kind of did it on a whim. You know, I had a friend, I actually kind of had a crush on this girl. She did it before um the year before I was a year older and was like hey you funded this thing and i was things <laughs> so i said yes and applied and got in um and so yeah i did the uh did the camper thing in 2008 and then was an ac in 2009 and then just stayed on staff for God, the next probably five, six years, it feels mm-hmm. like, is what it was. And then uh, the great date change, date gate, whatever you want to call it, where it went from beginning of the summer gate. to August, um, was, a, was a conflict. And so I, uh, as, as it was with a few others, so when camp moved... Toward the end of summer, my uh, involvement had to drop because of what I do for a career. I have not been as involved um, probably in the last eight years or so, probably is what it's been. feels like it's been forever. I mean, goodness gracious. I am am not as involved uh, as I would choose to would like to be currently. Um, but man, uh it is a huge part of my life and um really uh, who I am, you know, maybe not the biggest okay to say, but it's huge. My best friends I met at Ryla. <laughs> um mm-hmm. you know, so many names to name. I don't wanna I mean, I can plug names. Uh, I'm looking at two of them right here. Uh, the Eggers are one of my favorite families uh, ever. John Warders, one of my best friends. Joni, Josie, Tevin, Brett, Jenny, all the Jennies. Um, some of the people who aren't around anymore, the Haley's and all the people that uh, probably haven't been involved or haven't been around in a while. But, man, it's... Uh, it is a large portion of, uh, I think, how I am made up. Yeah. And I'm grateful for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, would you mind going back and touching on what you do for a living? And I think that 
there's a, if you don't mind, I think there's a way to weave it in to where like, I, I think it makes sense with like, n- not that like you did Ryla. So therefore you're doing what you do now, but like, there's these like common denominators about who you are and what your values are. Can you kind of tell the story in a way that shows that to the audience? No pressure. Yeah. We're not, you know, we're just asking you to weave a narrative throughout the course of this podcast. That'd be great if you could watch him. <laughs> he can do it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Becca, to answer your question, I am an educator uh, for work. That's what I do. Uh, so I teach um, and I also every year uh, continue to sign up to be a football coach in the state of Texas. And uh, you both have great experience with football coaching at the high school level in Texas. Uh, and so y'all know what that life is like. Uh, and you know that there are ample opportunities for lots of things to go right, go wrong, whatever. Um, But to say that Ryla did not have an impact would be completely incorrect. You know, I think as I was searching for what it is I wanted to do um, outside of a lot of prayer, uh, you know, for me personally, that's something that I spend a lot of time doing or try to, I'm not perfect. Uh. I think the what Ryla, how Ryla was helpful in that decision. Uh, I think number one, it like it, it eliminated fear that I had about can I even impact young people. Uh, but then number two, I think just the support that I got from all of the, I mean, all the best friends I was talking about earlier. To go out and do that and to be affirmed in that skill set um, just gave me the confidence to move forward, you know, after graduating college. And so I walked into the classroom and had that confidence to do that, um, to be an educator, to be a teacher. I had a lot of teacher friends who were Rylarians that were instrumental in that, Becca, Jeff. Um and so yeah, that's what I do. And I uh I carry Ryla with me every day uh and you know um in a lot of ways i get to do that i get to carry Ryla with me um so i don't want to i don't want to blow up your spot here but speaking as somebody who does work also in the high school football space you much like uh much like Becca's community as well. You operate in a a community and a coaching staff that has, in my experience with them, very high expectations and and a very uh, the track record is very good. Uh, they were there. They're only if, if you want to look this up, they're the only program to win five state championships in a row at one point. Um, so how does that? How do you navigate those waters walking into a situation that is? Let's be honest, like the expectations there are extremely high. And I'm interested in how you navigate those type of expectations. Uh, yeah, I think for listeners, <laughs> I work at Lake Travis. And so if you okay, want to, I don't know, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll throw it out there. It's good. <laughs> uh, I work at Lake Travis High School. And so if you are, I mean, Greg is right. If you're familiar with Texas high school football, you've probably heard of him. Uh, and so uh, that's a great question. I think how I would answer that question is every day I've got to walk into the office and remember really one thing that it's not about me. Uh, that program was very successful before I got there. 
Uh, we are pretty good right now and it will continue to be successful, you know, if I were to go somewhere else. Uh, and so I think the number one lesson I've got to remind myself, the number one thing I got to remind myself there, Tep, is that it's not about me, right? The expectations are high regardless of what I bring to the table or not. You know, I, I'm grateful that I come in having high expectations too for myself, for our kids, for our staff. Um, but, you know, if I, if I ever turn it inward, then, uh, then I think things would go poorly. Uh, and so I'm able to kind of step back when I can remember that the program is bigger than me. And that's something too, you know, I don't want to turn this into like a Texas high school football interview, but Hank Carter, he preaches that to the kids all the time, you know? And so it's helpful to have a leader who sits in the chair, the chair who says the same thing, you know? And so, um, and I think I'm grateful to Ryla because that was probably the first place that I can really pinpoint where I would like was faced with the fact that it is not about me. Like nothing is. And there's like this freeing surrender to that, you know? <laughs> and so it's, uh, I'm grateful for it, you know? And I, when I was on staff at Ryla, I struggled with that big time. I don't, you know, there's only a few people I've probably talked to about this, but like, I, you know, every time I would be on staff, what I was looking for was to get my name on one of those plaques, you know, uh, the leadership award, the service award. Uh, and I never did. Um, and that's cool. Like, you know, I'm okay with that. But back then I was not okay. With that. I was uh, pretty selfish and really prideful and had to, really kind of turn inward, so to speak, and realize that it's not about me. Uh, and so I'm grateful for that lesson because I do, I, I take that. Um, I take that into the office every day. I try to preach that to our kids, you know, that uh, humility is what is going to, those who humble themselves will be exalted. Uh, that comes from the Bible and that's a book I really believe in. And so um, I try to, I try to do that. And Ryla taught me that at first and Ryla continued to teach me that. And, um, my work continued to teach me that. And so I think, uh, the, the correlation between what I learned as a Rylerian, what I learned currently as a Rylerian and as a coach uh, and teacher is a huge correlation. Yeah. That what I hear partially in that at least is, and maybe this is just the way that my ears are hearing it is like a, what do I want for, instead of what do I want from that that's that feels like a like a posture of generosity that um that I'm I'm imagining that that's like is the way you're telling the story I'm like oh I have an assumption that that's now a core pillar of Adam Waddell coach Waddell's leadership style is a foreness rather than a fromness. And I'm committed to believing that. So don't tell me otherwise. Uh, I have a, a follow-up question, just kind of like in like your career, not, not every coach, but a lot of coaches are uniquely positioned that y'all end up working with a lot of leaders. Um, there's a lot of job shifting in, in your, in your profession. And I think you've experienced some of that you've worked under, 
a lot of different, maybe not a lot, that's not totally fair. A lot, it's a subjective word, but you've worked under a good handful of leaders. Um, what are, without, without getting into the weeds, you know, what are some other maybe, you know, like pillars of your leadership that like you've picked up along the way, uh, like in your, here in your adult life. And as you said, like continuing to be a right Larian and being that curious person as you go into these work situations. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, uh, I mean, so the, the, Service above self. I think that's on the Rilo website. And I think that probably alludes to what I was talking about earlier. So that's kind of what I what I hope to lead with is that I am a servant first. Um, and so, yeah, working for a bunch of different leaders, I've had the opportunity to do that in a lot of different ways, you know. And I think what's cool and something that I do think that uh, Ryla, you know, it's hard to hit on that, hard, hard to hit on this in five, six days. But um at camp is what I've been there. Like you will have, you will be under different umbrellas as um, whether it's an employee, a member of an organization, whatever it is, you know? Uh, And so if you're a lot of times those leadership styles are different, you have to adapt, you know, Um, some coaches I have worked under wanted me to be a, um, how do I word this? Like a, a go-getter, right? Uh, you know, see work. If the toilet needs to be cleaned, clean it. You know, you're not the custodian, but that's the type of that's the type of, uh, of servant leadership that that particular leader wanted. I worked for guys that were just football guys who were like, you know, I really don't care about the other duties as assigned. Uh, what kind of football do you know? Um, and so, being able to adapt, I think, is something that I have uh, tried to sharpen in my leadership skill skills, excuse me. Uh, and then I really tried to, um, regardless of who I am under, and it has been a lot, you can say that it's been a lot, it's been too many. And that's my fault. Nobody else's. Um, is holding strong, to like personal conviction. Uh, you know, um, again, not getting into weeds and I will not drop names. Uh, but you know, sometimes personal conviction cannot be as important to some as it is to others. And, and so, um, I think having a, a good sense of where your morals lie, how are you grounded when it comes to your leadership style and what are those things in it, for other people? I mean, for everybody, it may be different, but what are those things that you will hold fast to? when chaos ensues because it will ensue uh, and you're going to have to be prepared somehow to deal with it and so i think if uh for me being grounded in my personal conviction my morals what those have become helps me to kind of be steady in that chaos um it's a district 26 6a showdown between austin del valley and lake travis 7 30 p.m friday night at Veterans stadium we'll go through the two deep real quick uh i'm kidding uh we can't if you uh, uh i have we'll, my own we'll take. i'll not do that okay all right fine we'll play, uh, te- watch texan live watch, you I, now this guy Mallory. gets it this yeah. guy man that's right. Dave right. James Texan Life. You can subscribe at TexasFootball.com. Okay. Um, th- before we let you go, uh, we want to make sure we give you an opportunity. Uh, you've been so generous with your time. We want to give you an opportunity to plug something. 
uh, if there's something you're passionate about, you want you want theoretically the whole world to hear about the whole. This podcast is available everywhere, so uh, the floor is yours, Adam Waddell. Yeah, that is uh, that's a that's an immense pressure. Again, no pressure. Yeah, yeah. Just because you say no pressure doesn't mean it goes away. Right? It's like when you tell I know what I'm doing, offense, yeah. and then offend, you offend them. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, outside of plugging Texan Live and Valley Sports Southwest, this and is Dave, great. Dave I'm Campbell, Texas Thank you, uh, thank you. And my boy Tep, make sure you're tuning in. He gets bits of gold. Please don't. Please um, don't. Too late. I've already done it. Have to edit it out. Uh, I'll plug some. I'll plug a snack I've been eating recently. I'm That's so okay. ready. I'm really intrigued. Uh, and you know, these are new in our house, but maybe these have been around forever. I don't know. Uh, we love Nutella, and mm. yeah. uh, at Costco, there are now these like wafer bars. No joke. They might be like like a normal candy bar size, I guess. Maybe a little smaller than that, but it's wafer. And it's filled with Nutella. Uh, it's like the little, like I'm thinking of like when I was a kid, there was like white ones and like strawberry ones, like that kind of a thing, like a little. Uh, I'm not describing that. No, no, they have like, like wafers, like, like a little. One of those like hockey sticks or whatever. No, this is like a legit. Okay. Like like a candy, like a Nutella candy bar, basically. Yeah. Well, it's not a candy bar. Though. Like I don't, I don't know if I would call it that. It's more like. Uh, Nutella oh, wafer bar. I'm writing this down. Yeah, Nutella. I don't know. I'd have to like Costco. It's delicious. That's all. I'm plugging that. It's so good. They're so okay. Good. We're we're go- we're googling this. We're we're gonna see if we can come up with something. Is that it goes. Nutella be ready. Ooh, it might be Nutella be ready. If so, uh, they see, have them at Target also. See, that's the thing is that they give them like a like an active name to hide the fact that you're eating Nutella. <laughs> you know that's how they get it you. looks really good it's delicious there. if you're a nutella fan those are legit okay okay um okay adam waddell uh we appreciate your time i know you've you've been up since uh odark 30 uh so we'll let you get to bed but uh thanks for spending some time with us on the rila cast man i'm grateful to have uh, had the opportunity thank y'all for thanks for thinking of me And our thanks once again to Adam Waddell, our guest here on the Rylacast. We should just we should just pretend that like we know how that like we we did this in a sequential order, and so like we know that it was a great interview. You know, what I, I mean? know it's gonna it's gonna be in the past incredible, it was a I'm spectacular excited. interview. I can't believe he said that. Still running high. Uh, it's amazing. Um, okay, it's my time to to bring us home to round third and head home to use another sports analogy, which is apparently the only clubs I have in my bag, which is also a sports analogy. Um, I would like to share a quote. Are you a quote person? Like there are people who I think are are quote people and there are people who are not quote people. Are you quote a quote person? I oscillate. I am currently a quote person. You're currently a quote person. Um, do you have any quotes like around you at the moment? No, I don't like um, word art. You don't like word art? I like picture art. 
Okay. No word art in your world. Sorry, um, this is like not relevant to what you're saying. Please continue. <laughs> no, I'm I'm I, I want to know all about your artistic uh, decisions there in the in the Egger household. I'm sure Jeff has a big say in it too. Um I I I am a quote person and what I what I tend to do is when I find but I'm I'm very picky about quotes. Like I don't want I don't want like 700 of them. I want mm-hmm. like three good ones. Like that mm-hmm. I can go back to and I can feel like I am like are relevant in a variety of different ways. And so I realized as I was preparing for the show earlier this afternoon, I realized, hey, I don't think I've shared one of my favorite quotes, which is written on my desk. I have three. Uh, there are three quotes written on my desk. Um, and I think that I, I think one of them I haven't shared on this podcast. So I might as well do it because I think about it a lot. Awesome. I am. Okay. I am. Okay. Can't I like I would like to guess, but that feels silly. So I'm ready. It is a quote by a gentleman named Robert Fitzgerald Diggs. Robert Fitzgerald Diggs is better known as the RZA from Wu-Tang Clan, uh, which is a rap collective from New York City, the greatest rap collective of all time. They, they, they have a lot of great. Um, uh, I won't. Becca is nodding like in the way of like, yep, you're you're saying words to me. Um, but he is known <laughs> as like the philosopher and like the, the kind of the kind of the, the leader of the group. And they are very uh, one of the things I've, that I've always been drawn to about their music is that they're very thoughtful and they're very it's not it's it's mm. very uh, there's a lot of deeper meaning to their stuff. They mm. even put out like a whole like they've, they've got a, a title like Japanese culture. Like they've they've kind of put some some things together with with that. They've put out like a, a Tao of the Wu-Tang Clan stuff. It's like a whole thing. But he had a quote that I come back to a lot that's written on my desk because I, I remind my reminded myself often, which is that it's harder to make the glass than to break the glass. Mm. it's harder to make the glass than the break the glass. And here in this leadership podcast, I think it is an important, there's an important centering conversation to be had about your actions as to whether or not your actions are working towards making glass or breaking glass. Mm. Because there, now that's not to say that there's never a time to break glass. Sure. <laughs> Certainly that needs to be done at times, but I think your job as a leader is to help people along the harder journey of building something positive and making something there as opposed to the short term, perhaps even um, immediate satisfaction of breaking the glass. That might be easier and it might be the shorter, it might be the, the shortcut that you're looking for. But is that exactly what is going to be best for everybody involved? Um, I read that coming, we, uh, at work, we had a particularly like long meeting about a lot of different high level conversation, a lot high level things. And I came back like a little, whenever you're sitting in a meeting for too long, come back a little frustrated well, and fancy. I read that. Yeah. And I read that quote and I was like, all right, what are you doing today mm. with the, with, with what you just came out of, what are you going to do? to make sure that your efforts are going towards making glass as opposed to breaking it. So I thought about that and I realized I hadn't told that on the, on the, on the podcast. So there we go. I did it. Now I, like I can, that. now I have to put other quotes on my 
on my desk so that I, I'll look at them often. Yeah, yeah, that that like the the thing that I, there's probably you know as many you know angles to that as there are mm-hmm. you know surfaces on a diamond or whatever. But the one that like I think of Im- immediately is like relationships in the middle of hard things. So mm-hmm. like you know, work relationships or personal or whatever they are, our rival relationships, you know, of, um, and I don't mean personal rather, I mean like while we're at camp yes. or while we're at an event, um, you know, like whenever like the pressure builds and there's some, there's something challenging going on and, or maybe a dis, let's say even a disagreement and it's like, okay, do we want to build, do we want to make glass here? Do we want to break it? Even thinking about like the secondary and tertiary things, like how we're going to relate to each other when this is over. Cause it's you know, a- can I, can we handle this in a way that strengthens our relationship mm-hmm. instead of weakening it? Because I think it's it's helpful for me to think of the inverse of this quote, too, which is that it's okay. easier to break the glass than to make it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because it, it is. And, and oftentimes that is a very t- tempting option of like, mm-hmm. I could do this, but are you going to be stronger for it? Or mm-hmm. is it or is it like, again, there's there's times to do it, but. Is there is the net going to be a positive? Is there going to is that going to be working towards a greater a greater good and a greater yeah. strength of yourself, of your group, of the the world? You know, mm-hmm. you want to get get big. So anyway, yeah. I was thinking about that this week, and I wanted to make sure I shared it on this podcast because they gave me a microphone, and so I did it. I'm I'm glad you did. I think that and, was really and they gave you a microphone and we had you use it on this podcast. How do you think this went? Um, I think I think this was is pretty fantastic. I had a good time and that's pretty much my bottom line. So Okay. That's great. Would you recommend hosting the Rylacast to a friend? Absolutely. Okay. Ten out of ten. Okay. That's good. Um, that is going to do it for us. Uh, we do thank you. Well, we want to thank Adam Waddell again for being our guest. Um, we want to ask you to please, if you like this podcast, please rate, subscribe, uh, and tell a friend. Joe, this is the moment where Josie would come up with an antiquated way of telling a friend about the Rylocast. Do you happen to have an antiquated way of telling a friend about the Rylocast? An antiquated way of telling a friend about the Rylocast? Um, I would say, um, oh man, the one I'm thinking of is I don't... I. Okay, there are I'm no just, wrong answers here. I'm gonna, I, there are no wrong answers. No well, wrong I'm thinking answers. of my friends from high school who like got tattoos at home. You know what I mean? Like you could do a homemade tattoo, but I don't think that that's <laughs> what I'm, I'm not going to carry that one out. So I'm just going to say, no, I can't think of a way. We'll wait for Josie. Just tell a friend uh, about the Rylocast. Uh, <laughs> Use your mouth. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Becca, thanks for your courage. Thank you for your courage. Appreciate you. Talk, talk to you next time on the Rylocast.